the central issue is to make the people so conscious until they realize their power. The realization of power is power itself. That's Huey Newton at the press conference in the offices of his San Francisco attorneys after his release from spending two years in solitary confinement for voluntary manslaughter. On Monday morning, August 28th, KPFA will broadcast the funeral of Huey Newton from Allen Temple Baptist Church in East Oakland. Our broadcast will begin at 10.30 a.m. with speech and interview segments of Huey Newton from the KPFA and Pacifica Archive. At 11 o'clock, KPFA will then join the services live from Allen Temple and broadcast it in its entirety. At 7 p.m., Walter Turner will host a live panel discussion on the significance to the black community of Newton's life and death and the impact of the Black Panther Party on contemporary political and social movements and issues. KPFA on 94.1 FM will broadcast live beginning at 10.30 a.m., the funeral services of Huey Newton, Monday, August 28th. Good morning. My name is Ginny Z. Burson. Huey P. Newton, founder and minister of defense for the Black Panther Party, was murdered on a West Oakland street corner on August 22, 1989. From the late 1960s through the mid-70s, the Black Panther Party was a major force for black community organizing and empowerment, an inspiration for radical political activists of all races, and a lightning rod for police and FBI harassment, infiltration, and provocation. While power to the people was the operative slogan, the Panthers were perceived as so threatening to the government of the United States that they were forced to spend much of their time and money getting their leadership out of jail or arranging their funeral services. Today, one of those key leaders has his funeral service, although some would say under very different circumstances. Huey Newton was born on February 17, 1942, in Monroe, Louisiana. He moved to Oakland with his family and graduated from Oakland Technical High School in 1959. Seven years later, he and Bobby Seale founded the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense. We take you now to the Allen Temple Baptist Church in East Oakland, where Wendell Harper and Barry Scott are standing by. We've just uh, finished watching uh, people viewing the body of Huey Newton. This is Wendell Harper with Barry Scott at uh, Allen Temple Baptist Church. That's at 85th and corner of 85th and A Streets in East Oakland. Huey, of course, was uh, killed uh, last week in Oakland, actually about a half a block uh, from where I used to live on the very same street. I lived at 1429 9th Street on the odd-numbered side. Uh, Huey was killed about a half block down in the other block uh, between the first two houses on the right-hand side. And uh, it, it's pretty clear that uh, the killing took place there, but uh, the reasons for the killing or what surrounded it did not. Uh, there's a lot of question as to whether or not Huey uh, is a hero or a villain. I guess it depends on uh, who would be the best uh, to perceive Huey, the people who would be looking up to him. And from what we see here, there are a lot of people who apparently think that he is at least uh, worth honoring and uh, coming down to see. To a lot of young blacks, Huey was indeed a hero. To a lot of law enforcement officials, uh, local, state, and federal government officials, not all, but to many, he was a thug or a villain. 
you see many accounts in the newspapers of how Huey Newton led a life of violence, some uh, even suggesting that he died the way he lives. This is no Jesse James story in uh, this reporter's eyes, folks. This is an individual who was caught up in something that he believed. And uh, you can get sidetracked by the life in which you live in the process. If you grow up in the ghetto and you believe that... Uh, change needs to come about, the way you uh, pursue that change may not be uh, the best way to do it in the eyes of many people. But as I said, Huey, of course, was killed last week uh, between 1454 and 1456 9th Streets in Oakland. He formed the Black Panther Party around uh, 1966, the summer of that year, in uh, San Francisco, I believe, actually, where it started. And he had a headquarters on Peralta Street, about two and a half blocks, actually, from uh, where he was killed. The legacy of Huey Newton has been a long one, but I would not say he lived a life of violence. I would say that there were times in his life when he was confronted with violent incidents, but there were not a series of shootouts, killings in which he was directly involved. So people can draw the opinion that he did come upon violence much in his life, but it's not necessarily so that Huey Newton was indeed a violent person who lived a violent life, uh, no, no more so than many others in this society. Uh, with me now is uh, Barry Scott. Thank you, Wendell. I just want to sort of paint a picture as to what is going on here. It is capacity audience. When I came about two hours ago, the people formed around the block. There are over a thousand people who were jammed into Allen Temple Baptist Church. They had to open up the Alfred J. Smith Fellowship Hall so that other people could um, participate in the services where they have a video camera set up and audio sound outside for people who a number several hundred who are standing outside to come and pay their respects. There are a number of uh, VIPs here. Um, former Black Panther Party members have um, also been placed in a special area reserved for them. The family is on their way, and they expect for them to arrive in about 10 minutes. Currently, there is an open casket where people have passed to view um, Huey Newton, who is in a gray suit and a red tie, and there are flowers all over the front of the church. Huey was born February 17, 1942, in Oak Grove, Louisiana, to the late Reverend Walter Newton Sr. and Amelia Newton, and he came to Oakland with his family when he was three years old. He graduated from Oakland Technical High School, attended Merritt College, San Francisco Law School, and UC at Santa Cruz, where he earned his Ph.D., Doctor of Philosophy. He was baptized at the age of 12 at the Antioch Baptist Church in Oakland by the Reverend J.L. Thomas and later became a member of Allen Temple Baptist Church. On the services today, there will be remarks by such people as Janina Abram with the Black, with the Black Scholar paper, um, magazine, Bobby Rush, who was from Chicago and a former Panther member whom I understand and um, took a, another direction to express his um, issues with the system and is alderman in Chicago. Emory Douglas, who was a photographer and artist and currently with the Sun Reporter um, and who was um, the artist for the Black Panther paper. David Hilliard would also be giving statements at the funeral services. Also Father Earl Neal, who was um, pastor at St. Augustine Episcopal Church on 27th and West Street when he knew um, Huey Newton and when the Black Panther Party was formed here. 
This is also the church where George Jackson was buried. Also, we will hear from Bobby Seale and H. Rap Brown and Cecil Williams. And the eulogy will be given by Minister J. Alfred Schmidt Sr. I want to just um, let you get a feeling of what the church is like. There are members here from the Uhuru House. There are members here from the Nation of Islam. There are political figures here. Allen Temple Baptist Church is a well-known church and active in the community. On one side, there are stained glass images of such people as Mahalia Jackson and Vernon Jackson, Vernon Johnson, rather, and Marian Anderson and Martin Luther King and Booker T. Washington. And on the other wall, there are a series of black saints in stained glass. And at the back of the church, behind the pulpit, around the baptism pool, is a um, image, a painting of the Ethiopian being baptized by Philip. And that's from Acts chapter 8. And I would just like to share that chapter with you, the verse, rather. And the story, basically, is about an Ethiopian who was in south of Jerusalem in the desert and an angel told Philip to go to and he did that he met this Ethiopian who was in a chariot reading from the prophet and the Ethiopian was reading aloud and was pondering what this statement meant and it said he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his sharer so opened he not his mouth in his humiliation his judgment was taken away And who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth? And the Revised Standard version of this same statement says, In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation, for his life is taken up from the earth? You know, when you really uh, think about it, uh, it's becoming increasingly the case that... uh, you're seeing at churches like this, they're becoming more and more used to the idea of being made to black, not necessarily officials or elected leaders, but uh, blacks who have been martyred or who have been prominent in the community. On one, in one case, it was an elected official with uh, Alameda County Supervisor John George, who was uh, uh, eulogized in uh, North Oakland about oh, six to seven months ago. Uh, in this case, it's Huey Newton, and the uh, church is loaded with press, uh, radio, television, and the uh, print media. And when you reflect back on uh, what the press and law enforcement officials have been saying about the uh, cause, uh, the reasons for Huey Newton's death, there have been uh, stories that said Huey Newton was... Uh, terribly inflicted with a crack cocaine problem that he's had a terrible uh, drug problem for years and that uh, that's one of the reasons he went cocaine sale and, and, and use and when he got out of jail he went immediately back to using crack cocaine that he started to rob drug dealers in West Oakland of money and of crack to support his habit and it suggested that uh, the man who uh, killed Harry Newton, a Mr. Williams, a uh, young man about 25 years old who was said to be a wannabe member of the Black Gorilla family, which was formed uh, by George Jackson uh, when he was in uh, prison or just before he got killed. 
uh, this guy was supposed to be a wannabe member of that family, and he uh, was supposed to have relayed to the police and to the press that uh, Huey Newton had robbed him of drugs uh, and money, and that when uh, Huey Newton approached him on the uh, streets of West Oakland, that Huey pulled out a gun and asked for drugs, and the guy pulled out a gun and shot him. Well, the police have already refuted the fact that Huey knew gun. And when you stop and think about it, uh, it, it presents a picture that the man lived his life basically being uh, a drug dealer and one who had a drug habit, and basically that uh, justifies calling him a thug. That may be true on the one hand, but it just exemplifies the fact that uh, in a large sense, when you grow up in the ghetto, you grow up uh, really having to fight, not dealing with drugs. It's almost a given. And in order for you to uh, be able to overcome or to disdain yourself from that, it is really one long, hard fight because the pressure is, uh, is almost unbearable. But again, when you stop to think about uh, the way Huey lived his life and the way he died, it's rather unseemly. I'm thinking that a person who is involved in robbing people for drugs would return to the scene of the crime empty-handed you see, to uh, further pursue his exploits of so-called drug dealers. And it just kind of, of uh, points nowhere. It really blames nobody. Sure, they found a suspect, and he very well could be the right one. But n nobody, I don't think, will ever really know who indeed killed Huey Newton. I think there will always be questions, and there will always be blame, I believe, thrown at law enforcement officials for being responsible for his death, unless there is some clear-cut way of showing that that was not the case. The plan that people expected who have not yet arrived. Uh, the audience is, is uh, uh, the, the hall is expected to be filled, but as of yet, it has not been done. In fact, I'm not sure the family even has arrived. Barry? I would like to just read briefly, too, a statement from Geronimo Pratt that's contained in the um, program notes here. And this was written August 23, 1988-1989. I'd like to say that Huey Newton was a great leader for black people, for our struggle for independence and self-determination. And it's a pity that he died as he did, although his memory will live on among people who will struggle for self-determination in that same vein. Also, I think people should learn lessons from the kind of war which is being waged upon our liberation efforts, our efforts to be free, when our leaders are victimized and become targets of psychological warfare, of psychological warfare, gossip, slander, deception, and all kinds of vilification reduce them to a corpse on the street. We should never let that happen again. We should take Huey's example to further protect our future leaders and all our people in the community from becoming victimized by the enemy's war plan to decimate our ranks and to retard our struggle. We should take his spirit and use it to enhance our struggle and go forever onward. In that way, we will be giving honor to Huey and every one of his peers, from El-Hajj Malik El-Shabazz, Malcolm X, to Marcus Garvey, and all the way back through our history. We should continue on the struggle in his image. And this is a statement from Geronimo Pratt. And people are still filing past the um, casket to take a last viewing of Huey Newton. There's one more thought, and they're expecting to fam the family and their close friends to arrive any moment. There's a book called The Coming of the New International a revolutionary anthology and was edited with an overview and introductions by the 
author of the great fear in Latin America, John Gerasi. And this is a book which uh, gives speeches, print speeches from a number of revolutionaries from various fronts around the world. And um, in his description of them, he said that these weren't all men who necessarily thought about the future. They were dealing with the present. But they all weren't necessarily great writers, though he thought Lenin and Huey Newton were excellent authors. But he described them all as revolutionaries, men who are always who always found audacity because they had faith, not in systems or causes or philosophies, but faith in men. And I think that many people who are here today remember the times that people rose up and spoke up out of a sense of audacity, that it was necessary that was done at the time in order to make known in the best possible way that was present at the time, that there was something that needed to be done within the communities, that there was a problem within the system in the United States that black people and all oppressed people were faced. And there was more than just taking a militant action or so-called military stance against the system. There was an aggressive stance to do things for ourselves, to feed our own people, to take care and provide health care for our own people, to establish bus riding programs to the prison so that the families could be with their own people. When you really uh, look at uh, Harry Newton uh, and the Black Panther Party, you really wonder what did the party contribute. One thing I might suggest that it contributed is the fact that Huey offered uh, an alternative. Uh, he wasn't the only one that, that uh, sparked that idea uh, of really looking at the civil rights movement, uh, equal rights in another sense. Uh, in terms of other kinds of demonstrations, uh, in terms of uh, more aggressive ways of uh, seeking the vote, learning how to organize in that sense. I don't remember uh, very clearly the civil rights movement under the Dr. Martin Luther King and under some of the freedom marchers heading in that direction. It's not a criticism, just an observation that they were as concerned about rallying people to uh, vote as they were rallying people to fight for the right to vote. But that was one way in, in, in which a lot of us might have gone. Huey made us really, I think, look at whether or not civil rights actually achieved equal rights and whether or not civil rights actually meant uh, reliance, self-independence for a race, class, or a group of people. I think it made us look further within. It made us really start to question and not be as afraid uh, to take risk, the risk of getting beat on the head by police uh, batons, or the risk of getting bitten by police dogs, or that sort of thing. The, the, uh, the uh, civil rights movement before Huey Newton and before the uh, Black Panther style of militant movement provided us with the demonstration, the uh, silent protest. Huey, uh, Stokely Carmichael, Rap Brown, and many others provided us with a more aggressive, belligerent-like protest, but it was more bark than bite in terms of the violence that it created. The most, most of the people who were hurt by the violence of these groups were the people within the groups themselves because they were targets of law enforcement officials. Whether good or bad, right or wrong, they indeed were. They were sought 
perhaps to make bad examples of by these officials to tell young blacks, if you head in this direction, here's what you're liable to suffer. Uh, the same kinds of jailings, uh, the same kinds of uh, shootings in the streets, uh, whether by mistake or whether by uh, justice, by justification, this is what you're going to suffer if you follow in the footsteps of people like Huey Newton. Because I might note that Huey was not alone, that he had a lot of company in that arena from the area, from the period of about 1966 to about 1975 to 78. Uh, the 60s, 70s civil rights and uh, equal rights movement continues today, although it is now taking a different form. It still continues, and it was sparked largely by groups like the Panthers. I remember when uh, the, I first came in contact with the Panthers, there was a newsletter that was printed in type on about and they were criticizing the Four Tops for the kind of music that they were putting out and saying that they were... Uh, make, it was a song they made that they felt was politically motivated against blacks. I don't remember the name of the song, but they chose the Four Tops and the song they made to sort of burst on the scene. And that was on, I believe it was Fillmore Street in uh, San Francisco. Either Fillmore or Divisadero is one of the places where the Panthers notedly uh, got started. And at one point, if you remember, they merged with uh, uh, Stokely Carmichael. And he became one of the co-leaders of the Panthers with Eldridge Cleaver and uh, Bobby Seale. That was sort of a moving display, a woman who expressed her grief. And, you know, I think there are times that we need to kind of stop and think about truly how sad this really is. They are, as um, Wendell said, um, closing the casket. Uh, Wendell talked about earlier about how many people called him a thug and all these names, and perhaps some of that's true. But as the T-shirt said that's out there on the shrine by where people have brought flowers and burned candles, it's a black thing, and maybe you wouldn't understand that at a time like this, we surround our children, we surround our family, and send them off and say, you know, we still love you. And they're folding up the net, and I suppose that this means that the family will be walking in any minute. Wendell also talked about how it was a racially mixed audience, and listening to some of the speeches recently, you heard how when... Huey came out of prison. He talked about the need for all oppressed peoples to come together and fight the oppressive forces, that one group could not do it alone. We were going to all have to pool our resources, pool our funds, pool our talents in order to become strong, and that truly there was power in the people, that at some point the people would realize that power. And um, I think the family is going to walk in in any minute okay uh, we will uh, just turn you back to uh, KPFA at the moment because right now uh, this, uh, matters have wound down and they should be getting ready for the uh, services I guess before we do we should go through the uh, list again and uh, tell you what uh, how the services are going to run Okay, well, um, presiding over the, over the services will be Reverend J. Alfred Smith Jr. And um, we're going to hear remarks from a number of people who include Fred Heaston, Carol Hughes, Dr. Cecilia Arrington, Iman Jamil El Amin, uh, or H. Rap Brown, Dr. Khalid Muhammad, uh, Ms. Janina Abram, 
Mr. Bobby Rush, Emery Douglas. There are going to be a number of solos by Leola Giles, Adrian Brown, and Phyllis Sneed. Also be remarks by David Hilliard, Don Davis, Father Earl Neal, and Elaine Brown, who is here from Los Angeles. And also remarks from Reverend Frank Pinkard, Bobby Seal, and Reverend Cecil Williams. The eulogy will be given by Senior Pastor J. Alfred Smith of Allen Temple. And the proceedings will end with everyone singing, We Shall Overcome. And as we mentioned earlier, there are several hundred people who are milling around outside. There were too many people to come into the sanctuary itself. What empty seats there are are reserved for the family and for the ministers who will be officiating in this ceremony. They've had to open up the fellowship hall uh, across the way for people who wanted to see the services on video. I don't know if the Oakland police is here, though when we were here a few days ago, they had asked that the Oakland Police Department be a part of this in terms of making sure that nothing happened um, outside and that the church itself would be protected. There are members here from the Black Panther Party. An area was reserved for them, those who were able to attend, and apparently that there were members who have come from all over the country. There are officials here. I understand Ron Dellums is here, and Wilson Rawls um, Jr. is here, and others. Angela Davis is here, and um, other people whom we can't see at the moment because of where we're located. We're in the balcony with three to four rows filled with just cameras. TV stations and newspapers um, representatives are here and radio stations from all over the Bay Area are here as well as um, network um, people from various parts of the country are all here to witness Huey Newton. You can hear the organ in the background which has been going on for about 30 minutes here at Allen Temple Baptist Church. This is a church where it's sort of shaped like a what, octagon and the sides are all of black images of stained glass as I mentioned earlier Mahalia Jackson and Howard Thurman and Booker T. Washington and uh, Frederick Douglass and Mary McLeod Bethune and Martin Luther King Jr. all people who have been active towards trying to make life conditions in the United States for the African American that much better and another wall stained glass images of black saints. There are flowers covering the pulpit, and his casket seems to be made of, I guess, mahogany. And we expect that as soon as the family comes in, because they have had a private viewing of the body um, previous to this, that we will begin with the scriptures that's going to be taken from Proverbs 14th and also from Matthew 25th by Reverend Charles Johnson and Reverend Victor Medeiros. Okay, so that uh, is about the way things uh, stack up here at Allen Temple, Temple Baptist Church at the corner of A Street and East 14th in uh, 85th and A Street in uh, East Oakland. That's Apple Island Temple Baptist Church. Services should be on the way in, oh, about five to ten minutes. We send you back to the studios at KPFA Radio.
Thank you, Wendell and Barry. And we will go back to the Allen Temple Baptist Church of Huey P. Newton uh, just as soon as they're ready to begin.